to linger here like this Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two On the front porch with you with us, your regular Disney podcast. Hello, I am Tony Pascal, and this week for the final week of the Pumpkin Potathon, Josh is going to be interviewing Jeff Richardson from Everything Is Awesome with Jeff and KC. Uh, it's also he's on the Shattered World RPG podcast. Um, this week they're going to be talking about a awful movie, just a straight up and down terrible movie, racist movie, uh, Song of the South. It's a bad movie. It's a racist movie. It's an like, it is something that Disney is, like, ashamed of and, like, for good reason. Um, and uh, and they're going to talk about it because it's important to call out how terrible this movie is. Um, and also to, like, see the kind of people that we were uh, in, this, in this world. And uh, in, in many, of, uh, many cases still are. Um, and who we can be instead which is um like which is really the point right so i actually haven't listened to this this uh this interview and i uh i know it's going to be good i am really looking forward to listening to it and getting some insight uh from those two uh it should be really really interesting what i'm gonna say is um yeah you don't have to watch watch the movie it's uh you can watch the movie if you are like interested in like film studies and historical studies, but, uh, you don't have to, you know, you, uh, you can, like, you can hear the content of our conversation and, like, know that the movie is racist and terrible and kind of go on from there, and that's fine. And here's me now telling one more pumpkin joke, moving on from there. Uh, are you ready for the last pumpkin joke? Why was Cinderella not very good at softball? Because her coach was a pumpkin. Get it? Her coach was a Anyway, uh, this was the final week. Happy Halloween, everyone. This is the final week of the Pumpkin Potathon because it's the final week of October. And next week, we are going to be starting up back up with Toy Story. Get excited, everybody. It's Toy Story. Uh, anyway, thanks again to Josh and Jeff. Here they are. Hey everybody, it's me, Josh. I am here talking to a fellow podcaster and uh, awesome guy, Jeff Richardson. Hi Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey Josh. I am very, very excited that you're on the show. It is, uh, I, I am actually a really big fan of Everything is Awesome with Jeff and KC. I haven't gotten a chance to listen to your other podcast, Shattered Worlds RPG, but I, uh, from what you've told me about it, it seems really cool. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about those shows? Yeah, sure. So I am, uh, I've been writing for a long time, but I never really uh, put out a lot of stuff until I started this podcast, Shattered Worlds RPG. Um, it, uh, my show's a lot about writers. Everything is awesome. We have a lot of writers on and stuff, but I mostly was just writing poems. And then when I started Shattered Worlds, it was a sort of way to play test this role-playing system I was creating and okay. and then uh, I got friends and we, we got into the world and then I was like well I'm enjoying this so much maybe I could write a story set in this world and it's just blossomed to the point where now I'm I'm 
partway through a third novel in a series. And my plan is once I've got three done, I'm going to kind of edit and take several passes to make it. Uh, so there's a lot of references in the beginning with the end and, and back and forth and right. stuff. Um, Interesting. I, s- I still have only ever published two poems, but this uh, podcasting and, and all the stuff that I do has finally given me the courage to to try to put out my work. That's really cool. And, and you, you work, uh, you're a writer professionally too, right? No, not yet. <laughs> I'm a mailman. Okay. What do you, what do, you do? Uh, I deliver the oh, mail. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, hey, you know, you're touching paper either way, so you're getting the job done. <laughs> That's um, right. <laughs> Supporting and so, protecting uh, the freedom of speech. <laughs> protecting the written word. That's what you do. Yeah, you know how mailmen uh, tend to carry swords and shields with them. Uh, <laughs> So no, I we're we're really excited to have you on. That's really cool. We're gonna get to, to how to look at your or how to listen to your shows towards the end of the episode. But uh, for right now, um, we are we're gonna talk about Song of the South, nineteen forty six. What prompted you to choose choose this movie to talk about? Uh, okay, so um, uh, I've been. A fan of Disney movies, of course, since I was a kid. I think we got Disney sure. Channel when I was 12. And uh, and as we were talking about being on the show, I was thinking of maybe going with The Incredibles or uh, my co-host Casey really likes Moana. Uh, but mm. I just threw out the Song of the South. And uh, it must have intrigued you because that's what we're going with. And I have this <laughs> memory of being nine years old and going to my parents taking me to Lakewood, which is a town near my hometown, and uh, this old brick building. It almost looked like a building from the south. And we watched this movie, and apparently, like now that I'm doing research, looking back, it was the last time it was ever issued in America. And uh, they reissued it several times. I guess it always made money because they kept doing it. But eventually, <laughs> they stopped uh, because of a lot of the problematic things I'm sure we're going to talk about. But I mentioned yeah. online that I was going to be doing this, and somebody from Ireland told me that they still like have it available for for to purchase over there, and it's, yeah. it's played uh, in theaters. This is something I found out recently too. Is they they you're right? They did release it. In 1946, they re-released it in 1956, again in 1972, 1973, 1980, and 1986 for the 40-year anniversary, and that was the last year that they re-released it because, again, every time they re-released it, it was because, or every time they stopped it from the re-release was because people were upset, (laughs) Um, and for good reason. It's a pretty racist movie, but they, they still have it released in, in like Europe and in Asia which is weird because they it's like not legally found anywhere in the United States anymore so kind of an interesting history with this movie <laughs> amen so I, I do want to preface this to to all of our listeners by saying we're gonna bash this movie um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth this this movie is is very racist and Disney has come out saying that it is inappropriate and racially charged and that it they don't want to associate with this movie anymore. We look at, you know, 
2016, Zootopia came out. That is the polar opposite of of what Song of the South is. So when we're talking about this movie, it's not to endorse it. It's not to say go watch this movie because frankly, don't. It it is it's very racist. We are talking it pure, talking about it purely for the fact of it was a time in Disney's history and it's got some interesting points. Yeah, if I can um, really quick jump in. Um, yeah. When I first saw it, and then even again on Disney Channel, they'd show parts of it in various packages. Yeah. It always made me happy, you know, like especially the opening song. And I, yeah. I think being born in Virginia and, like, my mom taught there uh, for a few years. And so there was always this kind of sense that the South was this warm, happy place. And this movie right. sort of... Uh, I guess it brings forth those feelings. And so I can see why a lot of folks, particularly in the South, would like to watch it. Um, but it's yeah. context is everything. So I'm excited to get into yeah. that context. Well, I, I'm with you. Uh, me, me and my brother, we were born in, or we were raised in North Carolina. So I, in the storm, same similar vein of this is a Southern movie and it has that southern charm about it but still you know i agree it's all about context <laughs> and uh this movie has got a lot of let's just say a lot of context so before we get into the actual movie jeff i have a couple of rapid fire questions for you something that we do with all of our guests are you ready yeah lay it on me okay all right here we go favorite disney movie shit rapid fire uh <laughs> rapid fire <laughs> uh, let's see uh, so we're talking about like animated pictures, musicals. Well, it doesn't have to be animated. Like Mary Poppins is only half animated. Yeah. Uh, gosh. Um, I mean, cause the reason I ask is cause the Force <laughs> Awakens is now owned by Disney. So uh, I'll, I'll let you have it. <laughs> yeah. If I'm talking about traditional, it's gotta be Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Okay. Favorite non-Disney movie. I've got top fives for everything. It's uh, it could be the Princess Bride. It could be Akira, uh, Godfather Part Two. <laughs> it's hard to. Oh, The Force <laughs> Awakens might be number one. Okay, all right, I'll give it to you. Favorite Disney princess? Oh man, I mean it's Belle. Okay, it's all right. Be. Favorite non-Disney princess? Favorite non-Disney princess. <laughs> I mean, favorite non-Disney princess. Diana. Okay, yeah, that's a surprisingly <laughs> common answer. Favorite D and D class to play. Oh, paladin all day. I'm actually paladin. playing one right now. Uh, well, hopefully not right now, but, <laughs> but you um, know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite non-Disney D and D class to play. Ooh, uh, let's see. Um, I'm always the DM or the GM or whatever, so it's hard to. Uh, you, you can say DM, that's fine. Yeah, I'm usually the GM. <laughs> I love really terrible villains, like really just awful cult leader type. Uh, I've got a yeah. guy in my current show, King Hunga Dirk, who is just the worst. <laughs> okay, uh, and then lastly, uh, I know that you're a, you're a writer. Uh, who is your favorite author? Oh, man. Um, I mean, my favorite book hard, is To Kill hard a Hard-hitting questions here. Uh, okay. But I'd probably say it, uh, totality of work is Stephen King. I'm actually okay. in the middle of creating a new podcast 
set in the world of the Dark Tower. Ooh, that sounds super cool. Yeah, I was actually uh, taping earlier today. Oh, well, hey, when that comes out, let me know. I'm all about that. Cool, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, uh, that's all that I have for you in terms of questions. Okay. Let's get down to business. You, you passed, by the way. You answered all of them correctly. <laughs> Yay. Uh, <laughs> you did it. We're here. Let's talk about this movie. Song of the South came out in 1946, directed by Wilfred Jackson. It takes place during the Reconstruction era. What What are your initial thoughts on this movie, Jeff? Uh, number one, it was very hard to find. Sure. It. Um, <laughs> I, had to, I finally found it on archive.org. Um, people will put it up on YouTube, and then Disney will take it down. Yeah. Um, but it's up there at archive.org. I, I encourage people to see it. Um, just to see what people thought about the issues back then it's yeah that i've like as a history person going and seeing what people's literature is during the time it tells you more about them than what they're writing about so yeah. uh you can learn a lot about what white people thought of black people in the 30s but uh, yeah uh yeah i have so many thoughts man um i mean it was the first full-length Disney picture to integrate animation with live action, which you mentioned right. Mary Poppins earlier, and that's... A lot of people like that. For me, it's kind of obnoxious. <laughs> so, but sure. but they did it pretty well. <laughs> like, Remus is playing with butterflies and stuff, and it looks pretty rad. Um, I mean, if I just attack the issue itself, right? This is a minstrel show. As, yeah. you know, it's... The, the black characters are played by black people, which is good. Um, but the writing, I mean, the guy that wrote the original, uh, Chandler, I think it is, he, yeah, he I, claimed that it, was, it, that it was just basically folk tales that he wrote in the dialect. And, yeah. and like, so it's filtered through a white man that way. Then it's filtered through Disney and the director and everything. So it, it it is not an accurate depiction of of how black people are and also black people from the time. Like people right. people everybody who watched it thinks, Oh, this is slavery times and then Disney comes out and says, No, it's after the Civil War. Yeah, it's reconstruction. So all these people that are still on this farm are just there? Why? Well and that's the <laughs> the sad part is in many parts of the South it was that way right yeah but what they don't show you is that black folks at that time were being elected to congress and the senate they were becoming postmasters like not all of them stayed there on the plantation yeah. ground like not and a lot of them who did were angry and were trying to get better pay and like they're oh man i mean the first time yeah. you see the boy toby he brings in water for the kid. There's no mention of, like, is he a servant? Is he his friend? Like, why is he bringing him water? And then the mom, Sally, comes in, and she doesn't say a word to him. She kisses yeah. her son, Johnny, goes to the dresser, walks right past Toby. It's like he doesn't even exist. Right. And right then and there, I'm sure that's why people thought it was slavery time. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> Yeah, and it doesn't help that, like, the way they make it seem with the the woman that takes care of Johnny, that she is, like, 
she was the house slave when Johnny's father lived here. Or that's the way they make it seem, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Because he, he's, she's talking about, like, oh, I remember when you used to do that. And that seems a little... They're definitely referring to them as slaves in some form or another without actually saying the words. Yeah, and um, you know 100% everybody at that time would be, even if they didn't, like, directly say, remember back when we were slaves? Like, yeah. the shit would come up, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I, and here, here's the thing, too, and this is one of the things, the first topics I want to talk about, is looking at the stories that Uncle Remus tells about Briar Rabbit, right? The the moral to most of those stories seems to be run away and go home because you're safe at home. And that seems like a, a, one of those things that was like ingrained in him as a former slave. And that's, that's one of the things that initially bothers me about this movie, that like the scenes with Briar Rabbit are supposed to be the most fun and the most whimsical, but the stories about them or the, the, the morals of the story are run home, basically. Yeah, and those come straight out of the original book, right? And so, yeah. and so even if the, the director or whoever wanted to explore different themes, like, it was baked into the cake. And it yeah. sucks that it's the cartoon part, because, like, everybody loved that part, right? It was, it's well yeah. done, they're, they're funny. But, yeah, those, those tales, and it made me wonder if, like, if black folks at the time told those stories because it was all true, right? Like, right. don't run away because you'll get murdered, you know? But yeah. but those stories are no longer relevant, right? So to repeat them is to say, you know, stick around the plantation, keep working for the man, whether he treats you well or not. And especially right, as we went into outside. the especially as we went into the KKK era, which we were fully yeah. in in the 30s when they decided to make this movie. Like, the KKK yeah. was, was active, they were lynching people. So to, like, yeah, to re- bring back these themes of don't run off, come home, it's, it's very problematic. Yeah. Well, not to mention the fact that at the end of the movie, Uncle Remus is, like, fed up, he's trying to leave, and then the problems of this white family bring him back and he's like well i guess it's my obligation to be here for this white family because they need me and it's like what that's not really a good moral to the story because he's finally able to get away he's finally taking the jump and going somewhere that's not here except he's heartbroken about it right i wrote down something at one point uh when she confronts him, when mom confronts him, right. Miss Sally, she she is like, stop telling him those stories. They're just making him behave badly. But to me, it's all about subtext. It's what she isn't saying, which is, quit hanging around my boy because right. bad things will happen to you. And they, they don't yeah. explain why he up and leaves, right, just because he can't tell Johnny stories anymore. But in real life, if a woman told a black man to leave and stop hanging out with her son, he would want to leave real fast because yeah. the KKK or, or Poe White Trash down the street would bust down his door and do bad things to him or his family. 
So yeah, that was really strange. And then, and then Johnny goes running after him, and gets hit by a bull. <laughs> I'd love to know what the what the subtext is there. But so Johnny's basically yeah. trying to be white savior, right? That's a very problematic theme. And then mm. the weirdest part of it was the black folks having a vigil outside the manor house. Yeah. For this sick boy. I was like, oh, man, that is that is Southern whitey telling black folks, don't you love us? Don't you care about Aren't you us? you concerned? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It, it was it was hard to watch at some points. Um, I, I agree with you. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about Uncle Remus as a character. This is something that uh, I don't know if you made this connection too, but one of the the nicknames for Walt Disney at the time was Uncle Walt. Yeah. And so the fact that they're both kind of like this uh, old storyteller places a lot of emphasis on the telling of stories and like what their meaning are and he does it to make people happy when they're sad. I I don't know what what are your thoughts on that? Well, I I saw that parallel myself and it it makes sense that Walt would have a kind of paternalistic attitude about making people happy. Um, yeah. But with with no context, all right? He takes these old folk tales full of blood and gore and fear and and he strips all that out. <laughs> so it's just happy go lucky. But man, there's a line yeah. near the end where where Remus is packing up to go, and he said, uh, "These stories they ain't never done no harm to anybody. If they don't do no good, how come they last so long?" Yeah, and that is like that's the thesis of this film, right? Like, black people told each other these stories. They must be good. Let's keep telling them. Yeah, <laughs> I, that one got me too. That when I he said that, and I was like, man, that is. That's that's rough. That, I mean, um, that's it. That's what we as the white filmmaker think of this stuff. And it's yeah. like even though, uh, like the black uh, what what do you call it? like intellectual class was saying, don't put out this movie. They yeah. were still like, ah, oh, screw it. We'll make a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> and every time they re-release it, ah, oh, god. Yeah, in 1990, actually, the uh, NAACP and uh, somebody else, another group fought to uh, fought against it being re-released in 1990 um yeah so and they actually won that one it didn't get re-released so good on them but so the fact that we kept re-releasing it Whoopi goldberg was, back in 2016 was was encouraging them to release it uh because she felt like even though the 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 depictions of black people are crazy and wrong she felt yeah. like people needed to know that and see it and talk about it. And yeah. I kind of agree. I mean, at least to have it at colleges or, or I, I don't know, podcasts. <laughs> like, to be able to yeah. talk about it as a piece of literature, right? Because we still have Mein Kampf. We still have Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. You know, like, we don't make that stuff go away. But Disney, because they own shit for 100 years, are able to suppress it same with dumbo yeah well and that's the thing we haven't suppressed dumbo that much or you haven't seen disney suppress like the aristocats or like lady and the tramp oh the Siamese cats 
yeah, there's like a lot of racism in those movies. Or like you look at Jungle Book. We haven't actually talked about Jungle Book on the show yet, but like the fact that whenever he's he's going to Louie and all of the monkeys and they're saying, We wanna be like you. We wanna be we wanna be just like you and they're influenced by jazz and it's like a pretty clear parallel to to like African Americans in, in America at that time and it's pretty fucked up in the grand scheme of things but we, we haven't seen any of those go away so why this one what's so bad about this movie it's purely backlash i mean it has to be yeah. like it's probably why they released it in europe and latin america and stuff there's not enough black people to raise hell and cause a stink yeah. and so they they put it out over there it's it, it's I mean, it's capitalism, right? Like, yeah. they can make some yeah. money, so they gonna, they're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty fucked up. I did a little bit of digging, and I found out that um, so many actors turned this film down. Uh, really? It was Muse, Bradshaw, Carter, Moreland, Holly, Whiteman, like uh, somebody named Moore. It, it just went on and on. There were, there were a few African-American papers that supported it most of them didn't the right. craziest thing was they they put the premiere in the south so no african-american could go to it man that doesn't surprise me that that many people turned it down honestly it's uh it <laughs> i don't know the the fact that um the guy that played uncle remus i don't know what his name is it, it was his last movie before he died yeah um, bas basket or bear yeah basket, basket. Yeah, he, it was his last movie before he died, and then he got an honorary Oscar for it. Yes, um, I was going to mention that that Hattie McDaniel was an Academy Award-winning actress yeah. in 1939, and then this guy they gave him a special Oscar. I swear yeah. it was it was just to like reduce the heat a little bit. You yeah, know, like the guy's it, sick or whatever, and so they give it to him. Well, and the, the other really weird thing about the fact that they're, that Disney has tried to sort of sweep this one away and sort of divert people's attention away from it is two of the songs in this movie have lasted in the Disney, like, repertoire, like, are pretty strong songs in the Disney repertoire. And when you say, like, oh, zippity-doo-dah, most people know that song. Yeah. But I can guarantee you most of the people that know that song couldn't tell you where it's from. Yeah, yeah, or couldn't tell you, like, any of the problematic context. Right. Like, and uh, as a song, I don't think there's anything wrong with the song. I think that as a movie, there are things wrong with the movie, but yeah. the song itself won, like, Academy Awards for mm -hmm. being a, a great song, and, like, that's fine. But the fact that we still associate it with Disney without actually looking at the movie is odd to me. I had one thing about the con the content that I thought was interesting. More than yeah. once, Br'er Rabbit has a rope around his neck. Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty straightforward with that one. Yeah, and at the end, uh, I noticed that Toby is skipping along at the end of the line. Mm -hmm. You know, like he's never an equal. Yeah, he's always slightly slightly behind. I noticed that as well. I mean, and, um, it, and it's weird, too, because it, it fits at the time, right? If it's right after slavery times, like, it's probably not safe to 
chum around blacks and whites exactly but disney is always updating for the modern consciousness right. and they just didn't even bother not no it, for the time it's surprising for it came out in 1946 it is a little surprising so uh, the other thing moving on to sort of the, the next point that i have is from from your perspective as a teller of stories a weaver of of fiction sort of like what what's your thoughts on uncle remus as a storyteller because this is something that i i i'm curious to get into your head about compared to like uncle walt what what are your thoughts uh, i mean it's the it's the the spoken word the old timey you know in the african tradition the grio like it's using words to paint a picture and to to make the listener comfortable you know it kind of reminds me of uh, podcasting if you ever listen to audio dramas it's like this one voice weaving the spell around you and yeah. it's and it's it's beautiful and he's like warm and and relaxing um it's a little different because they have characters voicing the brer rabbit and such um yeah but but yeah i i mean i'm i'm sure that was part of it what appealed to people is the idea of sitting on grandpa's knee and listening to a tale being spun um it's it's one of the things i love about podcasting is speaking into the void and then someone out there just attentively listening <laughs> painting the pictures in their own head you know pretty good point i never thought of that that's a pretty cool thing about podcasting you know in, in reality how many people that do podcasting and this is a divergence i know but i i wanted to <laughs> it made me think about it uh how many people out there that do podcasting aren't good at talking to people like i i'm not great at talking to people <laughs> but i'm good at talking into a microphone like <laughs> yeah I, I guess i'm i'm good at talking to people if people aren't talking back to me <laughs> yeah See, as an interviewer, I'm I'm good at listening and like mm -hmm. drawing people out, but small talk is torture for me. Oh um, yeah, oh yeah. You know, like if I talk about a movie, it's to talk about like the the themes and the the backstory and stuff like that that uh, just doesn't really happen much in regular life. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't be able to say like, hey, how's the weather there? Yeah, that's not compelling not radio. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, do you have any other thoughts, anything else that you wanted to talk about with this movie? Oh, let's see. Well, I just want to say Remus can't catch a break. And right. in real life, that guy, his life would be, I mean, just rough as fuck. I mean, you know, he, yeah. he was turned out on his bum, like, because he told stories to a white kid. You know, right. um, and that's uh, that's a sign of privilege that I think it's important for people to to keep in mind today as they watch other other stories and other films and stuff with black characters, um, and to remind yourself that anytime a white person creates a black character, that whether they want to or not, they're gonna get it a bit wrong, and so right. keep that in mind. And if you know. Try to try to seek out works by by non-white folks and and read about them and and uh, 
try to put you yourself in in the mind of that person. There's a, a a really great writer who just won the Hugo Award for the third time in a row. Uh, I think it's N.K. Jameson, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, so there's there's work out there. It's real easy to find. Just just try a little bit, um, <laughs> you know, and and uh, yeah, like, yeah, it'd be good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As sort of a last thing, from I guess from your perspective, what would you say to people as a, a last-ditch effort to convince them to watch this movie? Uh, I mean, I guess where we started, right? Like, this is a sign of the times, 1946. This is what white folks thought they could make money catering to the people in the South's idea of themselves as benevolent, kind, love hearing black, po black folks shuck and jive, you know. That's an important part of our history, and uh, and you should see it. And the the animation's great, you know. There's some there's some funny stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Uncle Remus, the actor, is great. Hattie McDaniel's great. Um, but don't don't go expecting a, a five star film because it ain't that. No, it is not. <laughs> All right. Well, great. Thank you again so much, Jeff, for being on the show. Really appreciate it. For our listeners, uh, where can they find your shows? So everything is awesome with Jeff and Casey. We have a, a Facebook page. Um, we have our own website, awesomepod.squarespace.com. You can find us on any podcatcher. Um, let's see, Shattered Worlds RPG. Uh, we also have a, a Facebook group for listeners, True Heroes of Shattered Worlds RPG. And uh, we're on Twitter at SWRPGpod, and everything is awesome is at EIA Podcast. Awesome. Uh, everybody, go listen to those. Those are great shows. Again, thank you so much for being on the show. Hope to have you on again sometime. Thanks a lot, man. It was great talking to you. Yeah. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks. Ciao. Hello. I am not Dra Well, this is more Russian than Dracula. I was going to go for a Dracula kind of sound. How's that? Uh, more Dracula. Allah, you can see the blood dripping from my fangs as you listen to the podcast. Ah. Why didn't Dracula have any friends? He was a pain in the neck. Ah, ah, ah. What school subject is a witch good at? Spelling. Ah, ah, ah. What did the ghost teacher tell to her class? Watch the board. I'll go through it again. Ah, ah, ah. Those are Halloween jokes. Anyway, thanks again to Jeff Richardson from Everything is Awesome with Jeff and Casey and the Shattered World RPG podcast. Um, don't forget to follow them on Twitter and Instagram and iTunes. Uh... See how I sang tunes there? Uh, you can also find us on those things uh, at Front Porch Disney, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, and if you find us on iTunes, you should like and subscribe and tell our friends. Um, and I, I know we use this word, word of mouth, but uh, you can actually tell your friends with your, your mouth, too, um, instead of just by uh, like putting it on their, your Facebook or whatever. You can say to your friends with your mouth, hello. I know that you like Disney uh, because we are friends, and this is how our friendship 
uh, looks. And I'm going to tell you about this podcast that I really like uh, about two brothers who also talk to their friends sometimes about Disney. It's really good. It's called On the Front Porch with Us, and you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's how your conversation would go. Uh, you can use the pumpkin potathon hashtag or the front porch, porch talks hashtag if you don't want to use your mouth, uh, but you want to use your clackety clack keyboard uh, to let your friends know. Uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, have a happy Halloween, everyone. Don't eat too much candy. Um, and I guess also don't take apples from strangers. Um, so that's, you know, maybe eat apples from friends. Uh, and just eat some candy. Okay, bye! I love to linger here like this Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two On the front porch with you All I wanna... So do you want to start? Sure. I'm Casey! I'm Jeff. And this show's called Everything is Awesome because we try to highlight the things that are good in the world. That doesn't mean it's all positive all the time. We get into some really heavy stuff. But we try to find solutions, ways of viewing the big issues that help our listeners see how we can fix the problems that plague us, whether it's racism, mental illness, gun violence, sexism in the media. But it's not all heavy. We also talk to cool guests, including writers, we share our work, and give each other notes, review books, movies, TV shows, and other things that we love, and generally have a fun, cool time getting to know our guests, and each other. <laughs> it's Everything is Awesome. With Jeff and Casey. Oh, maybe we should do that part together. It's, it's Everything, Everything is, is awesome. awesome. With Jeff and Casey. No. It's, it's everything, everything is, is awesome. awesome with Jeff and Casey. Namaste.